0: Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this Sabbath day that we can all come to praise and worship you, Lord. Please bless those that have journeyed here from near and afar, and those that are watching online, and those that may watch uh, this sermon in the future. Guide us as we go about our daily day. In your name I pray. Amen. As always, uh, welcome. And before I actually get into the sermon, I just want to make sure that I point the clicker in the right direction to make sure that I got my slides. I only have two slides, so uh, hopefully it'll come up right, but we'll see. So just want to make sure that that's that. Yeah, looks like I got in the right direction. Okay, what do we got on board? Okay. Um, So sermon title today is The Model Leader is a Servant? Question mark. So when you think of the word servant, what comes to mind? Now, this isn't a feedback. Just kind of think to yourselves, when you hear the word servant, what comes to mind? Maybe you're thinking... Uh, what a servant is, like the definition perhaps. Uh, Maybe it's an example of a servant, like what what does a servant do? Uh, Maybe you're thinking of a person who uh, exhibits, like maybe you know somebody who's exhibited servant-like behavior. But what is a servant? So we're gonna look at the definition here. And if you go to Google, because that's, you know, my favorite search engine and, and my favorite dictionary, Uh, Google says that a servant is a person who performs the duties for others, uh, especially a person employed in a house on a domestic duty or a personal attendant. It also says a person employed in the service of a government. Okay, I was kind of expecting a little chuckle there, but that's okay. Or a devoted and helpful follower or supporter. So in a non-religious setting, Uh, you probably would think of maybe one of those definitions. Now how about the word leader? What comes to mind when you hear the word leader? Is it a person perhaps famous in history? Maybe it's the characteristics of a leader that you're thinking of. But if you go to Google again and you type in leader definition, it talks about, or it says, a person who leads, commands, Uh, leads or commands a group, organization, or a country. Uh, It also says the leader is a principal player in a music group as well, because they usually give more than one definition. But let's just uh, take the first definitions of both for a second. And we take a look at servant, a person who performs the duties for others. That was the first one. And the first one for leader was a person who leads or commands a group, organization, or country. Now, these are two opposites, right? One person commands others what to do, and the other does those commands. Now, the thing is, you can actually be both a servant and a leader, and the idea of that is called servant leadership. Um, It's the idea that the best leaders, whether it be in any organization or group, the best leaders are actually the best servants, both at the same time. So you're probably thinking, no, it's it's impossible. You can't be a servant and a leader at the same time. You can't be giving commands and also performing the duties of those commands at the same time. But If you've heard of the definition of servant leaders, if you've heard of this term, you're probably thinking, no, there are plenty of people in history who fit this criteria. And before we look at that, uh, before we get into the spiritual uh, lesson here that I'm trying to get, we're just gonna look a little bit at those leaders and kind of what makes them the best servant leaders in history. Uh, So the first one, oh, before we get there though, uh, I wanna point or go over the 10 characteristics of a servant leader. Uh, there are 10, uh, even though it sounds like I'm going to say nine, but I, I kind of combined one of them, uh, or two of them, I should say. But the 10 characteristics of a servant leader is uh, someone who listens, who is empathetic, who heals, who is aware, who is persuasive, who can conceptualize, uh, and if you don't know what conceptualize means, because I didn't know what that meant, uh, it means to form, who, someone who can form ideas, uh, someone who has foresight, Uh, Again, I didn't exactly know what that meant, so uh, I Googled that as well. And basically, foresight means you have the ability to kind of predict what's going to happen next. Uh, Someone who is a steward, someone who commits to the growth of people and to the growth of the community. And this idea of servant leadership was thought up of a man named Robert Greenleaf, who got this idea after reading a book by Herman Hess. The book was called Journey to the East. And if you've never read or heard of this book, this is a spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you what happens. Um, so, you know, maybe skip over if you're watching a recording of this uh, sermon. Skip over a few seconds. But basically what happens in this story is that there's a group of men who were commanded by the leader of their organization to go on a journey. And among these men is a man named Leo, who goes as the servant and does whatever the other group members say, whether it be their laundry, their cooking, their cleaning, um, tending to their horses, or whatever it is that they want them to do. Well, at one part of the story, uh, there's an incident, and Leo disappears. And the people on this journey soon fall in disarray. They just feel they can't go on unless Leo was with them. The journey is then abandoned, and each member then goes their own way. And years later, one of the members of the group is summoned before that organization's leader, the one that commanded them to go on this journey. And to that member's surprise, he sees Leo, who he knew then as the servant, except this time it's revealed to him that Leo was actually the leader of the organization all along. Now the lesson here that Robert took, and that I kind of uh, think I understand what he took, is that it's possible to be both a servant and a leader at the same time. What matters is how you treat others and what you do for them in the position that you're in. So let's bring it a little closer to home. We're going to look at some people in history here, um, uh, our United States history, we'll call it. Uh, The first thing that you do if you want to look up who the best servant leaders are, again, you go to Google, because that's, again, my favorite, right? And you type in, uh, best servant leaders in history. And if you do that, you're gonna find 18 names. And some you might recognize, some you won't. But all these people had done something in their lives to be considered the best servant leaders in history. And we're gonna look at two of them. And the first one we're gonna look at is Abraham Lincoln. Okay, now there are many things we know about Abraham Lincoln. He was the 16th president of the US. Um, he, was, he was assassinated. He was a president during the Civil War. He abolished slavery with the 13th Amendment. So how does Lincoln fit the servant leader mold? Now, most people, uh, and again, I know history can be argued that if you talk to my wife about that, you know, she loves history and whatnot, but most people believe that because Lincoln sought to preserve preserve the Union and abolish slavery, that he is a good example of servant leadership. So let's take a look. Does Lincoln fit the criteria the 10 characteristics. So Lincoln wanted to heal the Union. He was aware of the situation at hand, meaning the Civil War and what was going on. He listened to the people and he empathized with them. He was a very persuasive man. You kind of have to be if you're gonna become president, right? He had good ideas for the future. He did get the 13th Amendment passed before the South rejoined the Union. And by abolishing slavery, he was Uh, committed to the growth of people and to uh, the community. So every single box of those 10 characteristics are checked. And you see, some can argue that Lincoln did not seek the presidency to gain power or raise his status. He did it to put the needs of others before his own through the service that he was providing for the people of the U.S. Putting others' needs before your own is the key to servant leadership. But as we go on, let's take a look at another person's history. Let's take a look at a man, maybe a little closer to our generation. Um, His name is Herb Keller. If you've never heard of Herb Keller, maybe you've heard of his company, Southwest Airlines. Herb Keller founded Southwest in 1967, and you see Herb had this idea how to practice servant leadership in his company. And he brought, up, or brought the idea together by saying that we need to build a culture in our company that provides for the needs of our employees. We're gonna go out of our way so that our employees are happy. Because if our employees are happy, then our customers are going to be happy. So you see, like Lincoln, Keller felt that the good of others was worth much, much more than his own self-interest. The model of leadership that he provided with Southwest, it worked out so well that any new airline that came afterward actually followed the same business model. To put the needs of others before their own, be it their employees or the customers. That is the key, to put others' needs before yours. So let's bring this kind of to a spiritual lesson. How many servant leaders can you think of in the Bible that would fit this criteria? There's probably a whole bunch of people that fit all 10 characteristics that I mentioned earlier. But we're gonna look at two of those characters. And the first one we're gonna look at is Moses. And if I go to the next slide here, there it is, Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 24 or 25, It says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God to enjoy the temporary pleasures of sin, rather than enjoy the temporary pleasures of sin. So you see, Moses chose to associate himself not with the power of Egypt, but with the people God had chosen to be a great nation. Sure, Moses had witnessed firsthand the power of God, but We all know his story. He had to wander to the desert with people who did nothing but complain and disobey. Now, how many of you have been in the job where just everybody seems to just complain and complain? At any time, Moses said, that's it. I've had it with all of you. Go do whatever you want. I'm out. Goodbye. But did he do that? Nope. He was there at the head of the group, keeping them together all the way uh, keeping them together one way or another. Now, sure, you know, some of those people, you know, had to die because they worshiped a golden calf. And sure, if they wanted to bring in foreigners, you had to be circumcised first. I'm not saying that's what we're going to do today as leaders, okay? It's, it's just uh, something they did then. But what I am saying is that Moses was a person in, in a position of power who needs to put who put the needs of God's people before his. well, most of the time, and he did it all because he wanted to lift up those who had a promise of a better future. But what was in it for Moses? He already knew he wasn't going to enter the promised land because of certain actions he did, but did that make him leave God's people? It didn't. He gave up his own needs, and he put others first. And we see the trend continue throughout all throughout the Bible and all the famous characters that we grew up learning about. But then we get to Jesus, the ultimate example of servant leadership. And there are so many examples that I could bring up to tell you why Jesus is the ultimate servant leader. And of course, there's the obvious example of his sacrifice for the world. But I want to highlight something that Jesus said in his life. That kind of brings this whole idea of servant leadership together and how we should be the best servant leaders in our day-to-day routine. In Matthew chapter 20, it talks about Jesus and his disciples are about to head to Jerusalem. In verse 20, it talks about the mother of James and John. He makes a request to Jesus that her boys sit on the left and the right side when he comes into his kingdom. Now, of course, this upsets the other disciples, but Jesus calms them down and he gives them an example and he says in verse 25 which that's the first part of this verse on the screen I hope yep it says Jesus calls them to himself and said you know that the rulers of the gentiles domineer over them and those in high positions exercise authority over them now I'm going to stop a second and I'm going to kind of bring this to the 21st century there are people in this world that believe or act that because they are in the they are in the position they are in they use it to take advantage of other people and these people can be managers, supervisors, bosses, they can be law enforcement, they can be government officials and i hate to say it but they can even be pastors, teachers and those that sit on boards and committees they use the power that they have over the community to do things in their own self-interest but jesus continues in verse 26 It is not that way among you. Now, he's talking to disciples at this point, but I want you to pretend and imagine that he's talking to you personally. It's not that way among you, but whoever wants to become prominent among you shall be your servant, and whoever desires to be the first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life for ransom for many. Jesus is not saying that you can't go into your job and be a high-ranking CEO, be a high-ranking government official, a pastor, a teacher, sit on the board. He's not saying you can't do that. What he is saying that if you go into a career or your day-to-day routine with a position that you are looking out only for yourself, you will have nothing to gain. But if you go in your position with the intent of putting others before yours, you will be rewarded with that, uh, that saying that Jesus will have that says... You are the good and faithful servant. So the model leader is a servant. It's not a question. It's a statement. It is someone who sees value in others and whatever their capabilities are. It's someone who helps strengthen the weaknesses of others. And someone who points out the good and the truth about people they lead and gives them instructions and encouragement on how to be better servant leaders themselves. All of us in this room are leaders and potential future leaders. And my question and challenge for you is, can you